0: Let's turn to God's Word, and uh, want to read this morning in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 is a, a most powerful passage of Scripture, obviously written in the hand of Paul, in which the centrality of Christ is so apparent. And as we read the passage, you might just note how often Paul uses the words, in Christ, or in him as he just focuses so much upon Jesus Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord and the Lord will bless his word unto our hearts. Oh, that's a lovely old hymn, a great old hymn to be praising God with and how wonderful it is for us to be able to draw near to our Lord Jesus Christ. And We want to do that just now as we come to his word, as we turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and to this wonderful opening passage of scripture as Paul writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. I've entitled it In Christ Alone because, as I said before we read the passage, it truly is Christ-centered in every way as Paul is just putting everything in Christ. It is in Christ and in him alone that we find our joy and our salvation. What gives you the greatest joy? What causes you to to burst out in exuberant praise? What, What would cause you to be To be really excited and happy in your heart and in your life. Maybe if you are a football fan like me, it's about winning a trophy. And when your team scores a goal or wins a trophy, there's a sense of exuberation. There's a good feeling that just runs through you. And that's great. Maybe it's that moment when someone says, will you marry me? is it joy or is it shock i'm not sure which might hit you most but hopefully it's a joyful moment or maybe it's that that moment when you stand together and say i do or when a first child is born that's, a, that's an amazing moment a joyful moment or passing exams a, been a week or two there's been a lot of exam results coming out and young people have been anxious nervous maybe wondering what's in the envelope that they get as they go into school and and then to find that it's good news there's joy there's excitement maybe you've been up to the hospital and there have been some tests taken and, and you're waiting and anxious and you get the all clear there's joy different things that bring joy out on our hearts and in our lives and, and those are good things well here in this letter paul just praises god his heart is full of joy as this praise just flows from a heart that is filled with blessings from god It's a powerful fanfare of doctrinal truths to thrill the heart of every believer. And I hope that as we look at it this morning that it will thrill your heart to think of what it means for you as a believer to be in Christ. Because it's amazing. Repeatedly Paul is saying, in him, in Christ. Christ is central to how a person comes in faith to Jesus Christ. We were singing that it's down at the feet of Jesus that my heart was blessed. It is in Christ. And it is in Christ that, that we learn to, to live and to grow in our faith and to, to develop as believers in him there is redemption in him there is adoption in him there is sanctification by the holy spirit living in the believer's heart and the shorter catechism which we treasure in our church speaks of the benefits of salvation what are the benefits of salvation and it describes the benefits of salvation as being justification and adoption and sanctification just not quite that one there yet if you take me back to to the other leading one that'll be fine justification adoption and sanctification and they're all here in this passage and that's what we want to look at as we go through this with Paul this morning as we share his excitement and his joy as he writes these words these are blessings that are flowing from jesus christ showing how our salvation is in christ alone so we're going to think first of all of what it means to be justified in christ paul speaks here in verse 4 of even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He says in verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Justification comes when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We are justified in Christ. Faith in God, faith in Christ is essential to our salvation. By grace, Paul writes, you are saved through faith. The grace of God reaches down to us, conceiving in us the desire to look in faith to Jesus Christ as Lord. We're born with a sinful, rebellious nature that wants to turn away from God and walk away from God and live our lives without God. And there's not one thing in that sinful nature that longs for God or looks for God until by grace God stops us in our tracks and by his Holy Spirit enters into our hearts and conceives within us the desire to re- to see Jesus in all of his Uh, work for us upon the cross of Calvary. Justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardons all our sins and accepts us sinners as righteous in his sight, not because or for anything that we have done, but only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. We are chosen in him. Here and in all his letters, Paul outlines how we are first chosen in Christ. It is by the sovereign grace of God that people are chosen to be saved. It's an amazing thought. It's one that troubles some people, supposing that it destroys our human choice and freedom. But instead we need to see that if God had not first reached down to us in choosing us out of all this world, we would not be redeemed at all. We would be continuing in our way, following our own delights. We are chosen in Christ. That speaks of how the heart of man is spiritually awakened, how we are redeemed in Christ. God in grace coming down to us, awakening us to our sinfulness and showing us Jesus as the only saviour and redeemer of God's elect. The heart, says Paul, is spiritually dead. You were dead in your transgressions and in your sins and that which is dead is helpless and beyond hope. Living in darkness, no incline or desire to search out for the things of God. Spiritually dead because of the sinful nature that Adam has given us. We need to be spiritually awakened. We need to recognize the plight and severe consequences of our sin. We need to recognize Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who can save us from those consequences. For the wages of sin is death and there is no alternative unless we turn from sin to Jesus. That is why we pray for hearts to be awakened. We pray that God will open hearts, open ears to hear the word of God and hearts to believe the truth of God's word in saving grace. In other words, we're praying that God will do the work. Oh, I could stand and argue with someone for hours. I could shake him to make him understand if I could. I would even lift him up and set him in the kingdom if I could, but I can't. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace are we saved. The grace of God that reaches down The word of God and the Holy Spirit awakening our souls and and showing us the way of salvation. Showing us our sin and condemnation, we recognize that we must turn to Jesus. Redemption means being delivered. In him we have redemption through his blood. Redemption in Paul's day was about being delivered from slavery through the payment of a price. And in that ancient world, some people were born in slavery. Some people were children of slaves. Some were taken captive and made slaves. Some even became slaves due not to not being able to pay a debt. And they would, they would become a person's Slave in the hope that that one day they would be able to to pay the debt. And then they would be set free. See redemption only possible if the debt is paid. And that redemption is a, a recurring theme in scripture. You have that wonderful book of Ruth which tweaks about the kinsman redeemer. The one who can buy back that which belongs to another. Buy it back in order to set another person free. And in the New Testament, the word used for redemption is ex agorazo. It means to buy one out of the marketplace. And it is used with the thought that the one who is redeemed might never return there again. They are free justification is being set free set free from our, from our sin and the condemnation of sin because christ has redeemed us paying the price for us we're born in sin we have a sinful nature from our parents we are slaves to that sin as those who for, um, by ourselves cannot pay the price we sing we, there's a hymn that goes i owed a debt i could not pay He paid the debt he did not owe. The good news is that the debt is paid. And Christ has paid that debt with his own blood. In him we have redemption through his blood. And every sin is paid for. And so that Paul can write to the Romans in Romans 8, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are justified in christ we have peace with god we are set free from sin christ has redeemed by our souls by taking us out of the marketplace of slavery never to return wesley writes that great old hymn long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's that's the grace of God that reaches down to set us free. Chosen in Christ, awakened by the Holy Spirit, we lift our eyes in faith and are justified the great first great spiritual blessing for the believer in Christ we are free but I must pause and ask the question are you in Christ I guess many of you are but maybe you're here this morning or maybe church is not your regular Sunday morning activity. Maybe you're listening in or watching the service online and, and you're hearing a message that is speaking to you about being in Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you justified in Christ? Because this is the key to our salvation and eternal destiny. You cannot be a Christian without being in Christ. Either you are dead in sin or alive in Christ. And the gospel calls you to faith in Jesus Christ. He's the one who is able to forgive our sins. The second great blessing is that we are adopted in Christ. For Paul, adoption referred to how a person by law was given the right to the name and the property of the one who adopted him. Peter Jeffrey puts it like this in his wee commentary, from a position of sin and not belonging and having no rights, he became a son with a father. His relationship and standing were changed and this change was brought about at the instigation of the adopting father. Christians are adopted by God in Christ. From being a nobody in the world, we by grace and faith become the children of the King of Kings. With nothing to merit such lavish grace, we are lifted from peasantry into royalty. What a privilege that is. Adoption. Adoption is an act of God's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. In him we are adopted through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And as adopted children of God, we are joint heirs with Christ. In him we have obtained an inheritance. It's it's, it's phenomenal thought. Imagine there stands before a judge a man who is homeless, a cast out, no family. He is charged with some act of, of crime. And the judge before him finds him guilty of the crime. And finds him 1,000 pounds, let's say. And having passed sentence, the judge comes down from his desk and he goes to the clerk of the court and he takes out his checkbook and he writes, Pay, Court of Sessions, 1,000 pounds. Reaches it to the clerk of the court and he turns to the man and he says, You are free. Now come with me. I want to give you a home. I want to give you a family. I want to give you a future. Can you see it? That's what what God has done for us. We stand guilty as charged. Unable to pay the price of our our, our crime. Jesus Christ has he it all. He took our sin in his body. God placed on him the iniquity of us all. And God says to those who come to him you're mine. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my family. And everything I have is yours it's awesome isn't it that's that's ours children of god because christ has paid the price for us and we have obtained an inheritance in christ and while it is essentially a future inheritance heavenly blessing yet there's there's a present enjoyment that is already ours because we belong to jesus and we enjoy daily fellowship with god and regular fellowship with the people of god we have access to the father we are nurtured and preserved as we learn from his word we're loved as children we're adopted in christ heirs with christ then thirdly, we can say that we are sanctified in Christ. Verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the, promise of, with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of him. And we can tie that in with verse 4, where it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. We should be sanctified in Christ. Paul speaks of the believers being sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, the guarantee of our inheritance. In Paul's day, there were many, travel, many merchants used ships for cargo and, and they would bring their, their cargo to the dockyard And every man's cargo would have his own stamp upon it. This would be the cargo of of Saul. This would be the cargo of of, uh, Peter. And this would be the cargo of, of Matthias. Everyone would have his own stamp. So that when it would get to the destination, each man's cargo would be set apart. Every believer has been sealed with the stamp of God's approval, which is the Holy Spirit. It says, I belong to God. No one can say that he is in Christ unless the Holy Spirit is in him. The Holy Spirit enables us to belong to God. And every person born again is born of the Spirit and is marked by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts. And it is by the Holy Spirit that we understand the Word of God, that we we learn to walk in the way of the Lord. We're able to live in holiness because the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing the Word of God to bear upon our lives. And he will bring every Christian to their final inheritance. Call to come and follow Christ is a call to holiness, that we should be holy and blameless. What a, what a goal, what an objective. That we as Christians often fall short of. But the Holy Spirit is still working in us. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. I love these words that follow. We are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. We are enabled by grace, the Holy Spirit working in us to die unto sin, kick it out, and live unto righteousness. We only grow in grace as we are enabled by the Holy Spirit to walk with God in holiness. The work of the Holy Spirit is a sanctifying work. He is making believers holy. That work begun at conversion and completed as we pass through the gates of glory. And it's making us more like Jesus as we walk this earth. It should be. As we learn to say no to all ungodliness and turn away from every sin and every temptation, resist those things that the world throws in front of us and says, try this, it's good, it's lovely. As we love and practice holiness. As we long to be more and more like Jesus. I love the words that Paul writes to Titus in the beginning of that little book. He says that we are to, um, it's just gone out of my head now, knowledge of the truth leads to godliness. Knowledge of the truth leads to godliness. And all of this is when we come in faith to Jesus Christ every blessing that that any Christian can enjoy comes to us through Jesus Christ. He is that that great funnel that brings it to our hearts. There are blessings that are common to all people everywhere. Maybe good people, be in a good family, have good friends, a lovely home, good health. All of those are good and, and wonderful blessings that are enjoyed by people everywhere. But these are special blessings that are enjoyed only by those who are in Christ. And they include being justified by faith in Christ, being adopted into the family of God in Christ, being sanctified in Christ. And these are what these are what bring peace to our hearts. These are what give us hope for eternity. As we are in Christ and we can sing blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a fortieth of glory divine Christians enjoy every spiritual blessing in Christ Paul's rejoicing in that he is thrilled about that and I hope believers that you are thrilled this morning that you have these spiritual blessings in Christ maybe you're here today and you're listening in watching in I wonder, are you able, are you able with Paul to sing this song of praise? Are you able to rejoice for every spiritual blessing that comes through being in Christ Jesus? Does your heart flood with joy as you consider what you once were and what you have now become in Christ? (laughs) If you can't do that, maybe you need to just sit down before God's word and just humbly confess your sin to him. Come as a sinner to Jesus. As his word opens up your heart and shows you your sin, just lay it on Jesus. I lay my sins on Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. He bears them all and frees us from the accursed load. We can do that. And whatever might befall us, we can be sure that we will possess every spiritual blessing in Christ because these spiritual blessings never lose their freshness. You can enjoy them in your youth. You can enjoy them in your adult life and middle age and in retirement. Indeed, the older you get, the more precious they become. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. There's a lovely hymn, There's these words in it What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness, and freedom my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine, I can sing, all is mine. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. It's all about Jesus. It's about being in Christ, in Christ alone. Are you in Christ this morning? Are you enjoying being in Christ today? If you're still outside, will you come inside by embracing Jesus Christ as he has freely offered to you in his word? Let's pray together. Father, we we thank you for the spiritual blessings that are ours in Jesus Christ. Lord, they're more than we can number. And even as we think about justification, adoption and sanctification, we're just thrilled by what that means for us personally. To be set free from sin. To be in the family of God. To be made more and more like Jesus. Jesus. O God, may your Holy Spirit touch our hearts today to rejoice in what is ours in Christ, to live our lives rejoicing that we are in Christ, and to pray earnestly, deeply and sincerely that others we know and love who live around us or are far from us might discover what it means to be in Christ thank you Jesus amen